good people, welcome to the Yes Gold Theory. I hope you guys are amazing and have had an amazing month so far. So today I want to share with you a scripture that I came across and it's 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse, um, verse 12 and it reads, So if you think that you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. Um, I like the KJV translation, it reads, um, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall and I think this is actually like a really powerful scripture for young people because sometimes you can be a young person and be yet on fire for God and be like wow I'm on fire for God I'm doing this for God I'm serving God in my life you know, God is doing amazing things. I'm expecting for what God is doing. And, you know, you can actually feel like, yeah, you've got it all figured out. And I like the scripture because it clearly tells us that, like, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. And that kind of helps us know and understand that when we're walking with God, we should continually, continually stand in awe and actually be seeking him to say, hey, I do not know everything and I don't need to know everything. I do not know, I don't need to feel as if I have everything under control. But one thing that I can do is to actually submit my day every single day and be like, God, I'm where I am because of you. And to actually fully trust God and be like, God, you know what? I'm at this stage in my life not because I know the right things to do. It's because I know you are with me. And I feel like there's such a powerful thing of you as a human being knowing that you're capable of sinning against God, knowing that you're human and knowing that you actually can surrender to God and say, God, here I am. I know everything is going good, but I'm choosing to trust in your power and choosing to trust in who you are. So basically, just to give you like a slight history, um, uh, I'll go back to the beginning of the chapter and just give a quick read. So it says, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea, right? They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and they got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality, right, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ, as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And I feel like this is really powerful because... At the beginning of the chapter, this writer is saying, do not be ignorant. Like the people in the Bible that you read about, you know, the, the children of Israel 
who actually ended up, you know, being either killed by snakes or either being killed by the destroying angels. They they experienced the goodness of God. These are people who are baptized. Um, it says they were all baptized in Mos- into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Like literally, these are the people who all passed through the sea. These are the people who saw the goodness of God. Yet still, they died, you know, because they actually... They, they actually took advantage of the goodness of God. You know, they set their hearts on evil things. They were being blessed by God. And instead of actually focusing their heart on God, they focused their hearts on, on evil things. They, they began to, you know, become idolaters. They began to worship the blessings that they had been given. It says they, the people sat down to eat and drink and they got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23 of them died. So now instead of actually worshiping God, they began to worship their own bodies. They began to worship who they are. They began to to become, you know, when you're becoming sexual immorality, it's like a self-worship. It's when you deny God that worship and you begin to worship your own desires. I mean, God provided them for them. They sat down to eat and drink. And who was providing their food and their drinks? It was God. And yet they stood up. They got up after eating to indulge in revelry. They committed sexual immorality. And still these are the same people that had experienced the goodness of God. These are the same people that had experienced miracles. It says that they all ate spiritual food. They experienced they experience the goodness of God. Number one, you know, God chose them to come out of Egypt. And yet, you know, God was so faithful to them. He, he gave them spiritual food. They drank spiritual drinks. Like they, they experienced the supernatural, but yet became so familiar with everything and ended up worshiping themselves. And I like the scripture that says, we should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes and do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angels. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us. So the reason why these things are in the Bible is so that we can see these things and know that this is a warning to us, the children of God, to say, hey, when God blesses you, when you when you experience the supernatural, you know, that God has given you do not become so accustomed to 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 now those things that you now become you 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 become a person who worships those things and you actually forget to worship the god who gave you those things when you make those things god over over God himself, when you make the blessings that God has given you God and you forget the God who actually gave you those blessings. And it says, this is a warning for us. It's it's not written in the Bible so that we can say, oh, oh my gosh, this is what happened. It's a warning for us because it's anything that it's it's something that can happen to anyone. No matter what you do, no matter, no matter the 
great spiritual heights that you have experienced as a child of God, no matter the prayers that you have done, no matter the 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 people that you've prayed for, you know, the people who've gotten healed, the people that you fasted for, the miracles, you know, the, the supernatural things that have happened to you. It says that these are written as warnings for us. It's a warning for you. And it says, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Sometimes as a child of God, you can say, oh, I'm standing firm. I'm standing so firm. I don't need to worry about anything. Like I'm standing firm. You know, I pray, I fast, I've done A, B, C, D, you know, God is blessing me. And sometimes we can actually, this is why it's very important to constantly be checking your heart as a child of God. You know, sometimes you can see the blessing to say God is blessing you and think that your heart is with him. You can be blessed by God and your heart be so far away from him and your heart be attached to the blessings that he's giving you and no longer be attached to him. Guys, these are the same people who drank water from a rock. Not just, no, this was spiritual. It was a spiritual, it was a spiritual event. It's not something that was like an everyday event, you know. It was a spiritual event that happened. Imagine drinking water from a rock, guys. Imagine uh, food just coming from nowhere, manna from heaven. Imagine you just getting that kind of food. That was spiritual. These are people who experience the supernatural. You know, so you can be a person who has experienced the supernatural side of God, where God has done mighty and powerful things over your lives, right? And you become so accustomed with your blessings that you actually forget about God. You forget about the presence of God. You forget to humble yourself. You end up indulging in things. You know, God provides for you. You sit down, you eat, you drink, you get up to indulge in revelry, right? You commit sexual immorality. You do crazy things. You test God. It says, don't test God. It's, this, is, this is not the gospel that we're used to hearing. This is not the gospel that we want to hear. We want to hear the gospel that Christ wants to bless you. But we don't want to hear the gospel that says, Christ will bless you, but you still need to obey. But you still need to check your heart to see, is your heart still with Christ? And it says, do, um, and it said we should not test Christ. And I feel a lot of us Christians, we have a tendency of testing Christ, like he has blessed us, but we test him. We test him, right? And I like how this, the word of God says that these things happen to them as examples. You know, it's a, an example of something that you can see so that you can actually learn from it. And it's an example and it's a warning for us. It's an example. Uh, I don't know where... If if ever like, you know, when you were doing maths, if you ever did maths, the teacher would do an example on the board, right? And then he would say, okay, now do the work that's in the book. And sometimes the work that's in the book, sometimes the work would be harder than the example, right? So think about it. Sometimes you'll find something, well, you would really find something that's easier than the example. It's either that the example was like the easiest thing and you had to work your way through the equations that were now in the book. But the example was like the more lenient thing. So be careful, guys. This is a warning. This is a warning for us. And it says we're written down as a warning. And guys, I take it very seriously because it's a, a warning. 
it's a warning it's 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 not a suggestion it's a warning it's like let's just imagine a natural disaster is about to happen and um the scientists give you warnings to say hey evacuate the area this is a warning a cyclone is about to happen a natural disaster is about to happen and we're like nah we're not a warning is to tell you that it's something that will come it's 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 something that will come if you continue on if you don't change it's something that will and we need to be careful guys as children of god we need to be careful okay so so if you think you're standing firm be careful that you don't fall guys so now i like what it says if you think every battle begins with our mind like where is your mind your mind your mind basically is the battle point is the battlefield your mind so it all starts in in, in the mind like what are you thinking where's your heart at if you think oh i'm fine with god me and jesus we i you know we're doing well you know in in your head you're thinking you you're standing firm right so in your head you're thinking you're standing firm you know you're not you're not doing a check to say you're not doing a check to constantly renew your mind to humble yourself you know to say okay i need to check if i'm in line with god and i personally feel like sometimes right you will find yourself to think that you're standing firm when literally you're not constantly and truly being in the presence of god in the sense that when you're humbling yourself before him like when you're in a place of prayer and worship and you're humbling yourself before him you can literally tell like god shows you stuff that you need to work on now when you think you're firm and there's nothing that you need to work on then that means sometimes you haven't actually been spending the time that you need to be spending with god or maybe your heart isn't postured the right way right and says no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind and god is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear this is so beautiful because the bible talks about reality guys when life is good when god is blessing you when god has answered all your prayers and everything is flowing there will be temptations they will why why do you think that Jesus got tempted just after God had already said like this is my son in whom I'm well pleased with. Why do you think that the enemy tempted Jesus right after that? Right after God telling him like yes, you're my son, I'm pleased with you. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't died on the cross yet, but God has already said I'm pleased with you. Guys, think about it. He hasn't died on the cross. God has already told him, "Hey, I'm pleased with this is my son." God has already acknowledged him. It says a voice spoke and God acknowledged him to say, "This is my son in whom I am well pleased with." He hasn't done anything. He hasn't he hasn't carried out what God has told him to carry out, but God has already told him that I am pleased with you and then the enemy comes to defy that which that which God had spoken over him. So sometimes you can find yourself to say, "Oh, you know, God has blessed me," you know, and then that's when the enemy will tempt you. And he will tempt you with the blessings that God has given you. You see Jesus was tempted 
with the blessing that God had already given him to say, you're my son, I'm already pleased with you. Now the enemy comes in and says, if you are the son of God, do this. God had already told him that you're my son. God had already told him that you're, I'm pleased with you. And the enemy came in to attack that. He came in to attack him with what God had already given him. You see, these people, they were attacked with what God had already given them. God had already given them the blessing and they started worshiping the blessing and not worshiping God. They started worshiping, worshiping themselves. You see, they worshiped themselves because they had, like, God had given, God had given them freedom. God had given, I, I'm, I'm trying to find the right English word here. But like, remember, these are people who were once slaves and they, they didn't have freedom. They didn't have themselves. They were a slave to, to a Pharaoh. They didn't have, they didn't have the decision to walk there, to do this. They, now God had given themselves, like they were now a gift to themselves. Like God had given them freedom. You know, freedom means like, I'm giving you to you. You can now do what you want. You can now do what you desire. And now they started worshiping their freedom. And that freedom broke into sexual immorality when they worshipped their bodies. The same bodies that had been in slavery were now the same bodies that they were now worshipping. The same bodies that God had given to them as a gift to say, I'm giving you, I'm giving you this as a gift is now what they were now worshipping. And God says, no temptation has overtaken you. Accept what is common to mankind and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way so you can endure it. I feel like, you know, God, God knows the temptation is going to come. Like the enemy will definitely bring that temptation. But God is saying, God brings a, an encouragement to say, in your temptation, God is still going to be faithful. God is going to be faithful. And no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And I feel like this is so powerful because sometimes we can even over-exaggerate our temptation and say, oh, no one has been temptated like this before. Oh, woe is me, whatever. But I also feel like God can actually use this. God is using the scripture to tell us that, you know what, the temptation that you're feeling Someone else has been tempted with that. And you can actually go and look for resources to say, how do they flee from this temptation? You know? And to, and I like what it says, and God is faithful. He'll not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. God is not going to allow you. God is not an evil God to say, yeah, he will let God, you know, your temptation shows you your capability. I feel like your temptation shows your capability to say, you're, you're strong. You're actually stronger than this. Like the enemy doesn't like, how can I say this? I'm trying to find a really good way to communicate this with you guys. But like, obviously your level of temptation kind of shows you how much you can bear as a person. You know, Jesus' level of temptation was hectic because literally he was the son of God. It was a hectic temptation, like literally. Uh, instead of you going and dying, instead of you dying on the cross, just worship me. That, that was a hectic, because 
No, guys, remember, Jesus was not just dying on the cross. Jesus was also investing time, emotions, frustration, and all that. He was investing all of those things before he died, right? And the enemy is like, scratch that off. Like, this is a deal. Just do it and I'll give it to you. Just do it. Just do it and I'll give it to you, right? So now... That, that was a hectic one because this is the whole entire world. This is my sin, the sin that I'm going to do tomorrow that I don't even know about. And the sin that I have done against someone just kneeling down. That's someone just kneeling down and it's covered. Like, well, it's not covered, but you get what I mean. Like, he's given authority and whatnot. But like... I I hope you guys I kind of drifted but I hope you guys get the point to say your your level of temptation kind of shows you like your level of influence it shows you your authority the authority that God has given you so when you get you know crazy temptations just know that God God is doing something in you and what I love about God is is that God will not allow it to say ah you want to tempt this one and this one no 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 you can't, you can't do that God is not a horrible God. The fact that you're tempted with that, it means that God knows that you can actually bear it. And um, I just want to quickly look at something. And it's basically a definition, right? So handle means to manage, right? To manage a situation, a problem, right? And bear meaning. Um, I hope it doesn't like put a bear like a real bear. Like to endure an ordeal or a difficulty. It does to suffer, to undergo, to to stomach, to go through, to experience, to to stand, to put up with, to abide, to undergo, to weather. Guys. Right. So basically, the word of God does not say that God, but when you are tempted, he'll, oh wait, it doesn't say he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. It says he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, guys. If you can handle it, is it a temptation? Yeah, like the enemy will not give you something that you. You can handle, handle is like manage, you can manage it. No, bear, as in to carry it, guys. It's a load to say, God, this is so hectic. And I feel like for us as Christians, we need to go back to the scripture and actually see that God was not talking about something that we, you can manage. It's something that you can bear. It's overwhelming, guys. Imagine Jesus Son of God, being told you don't have to go through all these processes, just kneel down to me. That's a temptation. Imagine bearing, bearing, not handling, bearing. Guys, there's a difference between handling and bearing. And we have bought into this idea that a temptation is meant to be easygoing. A temptation is something that's meant to mess you up. And be like, oh my God, God, 
This is messed up, God. God, how am I going to do this? How? How? But God is saying, I will not. I will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And and this is really beautiful, guys. Like, it's so beautiful. But it says, but when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can enjoy it. Keyword. It doesn't say so that you can handle it. It says that you can enjoy. Let's Google what enjoy actually means. Enjoy mean. Oh, my goodness. It means suffer something painful or difficulty, difficult. Guys, guys, this is the word of God. This is the Bible that you and I have. But when you're tempted, he will provide a way out so you can enjoy it because it's painful, guys. When you're tempted, it's painful. Do not buy into this idea to say temptation is something that you can manage. No. A temptation is something that is painful. I feel like that's why maybe sometimes people actually, you know, buy into tempting situations because they think that they can handle them when actually it's so hard because you have to bear it but God is saying I will not let you be tempted beyond something that you can bear something that you beyond something that you can carry not something that you can handle something that you can carry that you can bear that you can weather but remember when you're tempted he'll provide a way out so that you can enjoy not handle it, enjoy it, enjoy, guys, this, this thing with temptations is crazy, it's, yo, guys, it's, it's mad, it's crazy, and we really need the mercy of God, we really need the hand of God, because we have been, we have been, we have bought into this idea that a temptation is something, oh, I was just tempted, nah, nah, Temptation is is hard, guys. You have to bear it. You have to bear it. You have to weather it. It's not something that you can handle, manage. Guys, a temptation manages you sometimes, <laughs> literally. You know, when you're managing something, it's you who's setting the condition. But when something is managing you, it's the one that's setting the condition. If you have to weather it, it means that the conditions have been set and you have to apply yourself to the condition. And we have, we have, um, we have uh, bought into this idea that a temptation, you're the one who can manage it. You're the one who can handle to say, I'm managing, I'm setting the condition. Nah, nah, fam. The condition has already been set. You have to bear the condition. And, oh God. I know we kind of drifted, but God is so faithful. God is so kind. God is so merciful. And God, God is, I like, I like how it says God is faithful. Let's read it again. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. God is faithful, guys. You know, even when you're being tempted, you can actually run to him. I like that it says God is faithful because before the temptation, during the temptation, after the temptation, he's still there. And you can actually go to him and say, God, help me. So 
let's rid ourselves of the idea to say temptation is going to be easy. If it's easy, then is it really a temptation? Is it really a temptation if it's easy? So yeah, oh God, let's just quickly pray, man. Like this, this is so deep and I'm I'm just so grateful. I'm I'm really grateful for God and his love and his kindness. Even me just just coming across this, I'm just like, wow, God. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that you're so loving and you're so kind and you know us. And God, I just want to thank you for the word today. God, this word was so powerful. God, I didn't even expect this, oh God, but God, you just showed me your goodness in such a powerful and amazing way. And I just pray for anyone, oh God, and everyone who's listening to this, oh God. I pray, oh God, that they would hear, they would hear of your goodness, oh God. That if anyone has struggled, oh God, with any temptation, oh God, that they wouldn't be hard on themselves, oh God. But Father God would would continually seek your presence, oh God, and seek your goodness. I pray, oh God, and I break off, oh God, the spirit of condemnation, oh God, the spirit of guilt, oh God. And I pray, O oh God, that your sons and daughters, O oh God, will come before your throne and will seek, O oh God, your divine presence, O oh God, and lay themselves, O oh God, before your altar, oh God. God, we need you. In these crazy times, O oh God, that we're living in, we need you, O oh God. We need you every morning, every afternoon, every evening. We cannot do this on our own. Father, thank you, O oh God, for giving us strength, O oh God, to bear these temptations, O oh God. And God, we thank you that you're faithful. But God, we need you. We can't do this on our own. And Father, right now, I pray for everyone who's listening to this, O oh God. I pray, O oh God, that they would enjoy the rest of their week, O oh God. I pray, O oh Lord Jesus, that you would meet them at the point of their need, O oh God, that whatever they may be struggling with, O oh God, that they would know that they are not on their own. I pray that you would touch, you would heal, O oh God, that you would strengthen their hearts, O oh God. And Father, I know that there may be people out there who are saying that I don't know how I got into this. But God, right now, I pray, O oh God, that you may just release your comforting hand. Father God, I pray, O oh God, that you, you would heal their hearts, O oh God, that their hearts would be able to come back to you, O oh God. That they would surrender their thoughts, their mind, their will, and their emotions, oh God. That they will not try to act out, oh God, as if they know everything. But they will just choose to trust in your name, oh God, that you are God and you are faithful and you are kind. So Father, we lay ourselves before your throne and we say, Almighty King, have your way. Lead us, God, strengthen us, oh God, in these times, in these crazy times we are living in. May we know your goodness, may we experience your love, may we experience your power, God. Be with us, O oh God, do not forsake us. We thank you, O oh God, and we give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your care and your protection. Thank you, Jesus. Be with our families, O oh God. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen, guys. Amen, guys. Your Thank you so much for joining me today. I I pray that you'll join me next time as well as we talk about life, all things, growing up, knowing God, experiencing his goodness and his mighty love. Love you all and have a blessed week. Ciao, ciao.